1: Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more. And plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, Oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. And now, Move the Sticks with Daniel Jeremiah and Bucky Brooks.
0: What's up, everybody? Welcome to Move the Sticks, presented by the Ford F-Series. DJ Bucky here with our 10 Takeaway podcast. Buck, what's going on, man?
2: That man, a packed football day. Did the late shift because I was coming back from the Big Ten championship game. Very interesting. Taking a look at the later games as opposed to the early games in terms of how we do it, uh, but a good day overall. Did you get my tweet about <laughs> uh, you not being there today? I did. I saw. I saw. Um, Heath brings the donuts. I'm. I'm. Yeah. I'm not really bringing the donuts, so I need to. I need to work no, I said, part. look.
0: I said, I miss. I miss my guy. I miss Bucky in here. At least Heath. You know. At least Heath brings some donuts. Man. I <laughs> give him that. But uh, I miss. I miss my guy, Bucky. There. But um, yeah, you're right, man. It was a crazy day of football. Uh, we got the bowl pairings were announced, which we'll hit that on the next pod. I think on Tuesday we'll jump full-fledged uh, into the college football side of things, what we're looking for from a scouting perspective for those bowl games. So be sure to be on the lookout for that podcast and download that one. But right now we are going to get to our 10 takeaways, 10 things that stood out to us from what we saw in the NFL today. And, Bucky, why don't you, uh, why don't you start us off here? The Saints running back duo should be the league's MVP.
1: Kamara checks in. He's the tailback in the eye. Here's Camara. Slips a tackle. Ten. Five. Touchdown. Is he special or what? A 20-yard touchdown run. I, I don't know how he does it, Jim. This is just funny.
2: Man, DJ, I, look, I, I went on a limb this, this weekend, and I wrote about the Saints and the Saints running back duo, and I said that they may be the best running back duo of all time. And on Twitter, Whoa. I got of all time. And I mean, they may be the best ever, 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 ever to do it. Because when you look at what they've been able to do, they are remarkable. Like, their numbers are historic. They are ridiculous in terms of the amount of production that they were doing. I, I, look, this is the fifth straight game where they've had 200 combined scrimmage yards. They are on a pace to have 3,000 combined scrimmage yards and 25 or more touchdowns. That's only been done one time in NFL history. That was O.J. Simpson in 1975 when he did it pretty much on a 2,000-yard season. What they're able to do, when you look at the Saints now, It's the yin and the yang between Kamara and Mark Ingram. They catch the ball, they run it, they do it inside and outside, they create mismatches, and really they have allowed Drew Brees to kind of take a back seat and be more of a manager at quarterback. And so this is the best that I've ever seen two guys really operate in the backfield, and I think because of their special connection, their special chemistry, their special talents, I think the Saints are going to be a force in the playoffs.
0: But just to be sure, two things. Number one, you you would take them, now be honest with me, over uh, Rod Bernstein and Marion Butts <laughs> I feel like you are shorting them a little bit there. I but mean, I would.
2: I mean, it, man, look, man, it's, it's unbelievable what they're doing. Unbelievable. <laughs> oh, it's
0: ridiculous. How about this? I, so I just was thinking, this is how, you know, with the scouting side, the college thing always comes to mind. So I, I, as you were writing, I'm like, okay, I'm trying to think of, like, famous duos, but I couldn't – the NFL thing was escaping me. But I, how about these college duos? You remember these? Obviously, you had uh, you had Bush and Lendell White, but how about – remember Marion Barber and Lawrence Maroney? Oh, that uh, was a
2: nice tandem in Minnesota. University of Minnesota, oh, yeah. the Golden Gophers. Cadillac and Ronnie. Oh,
0: yeah, you yeah, got Cadillac and Ronnie. One. You've got – how about the Arkansas McFadden. with Peyton Hillis, McFadden, and Felix Jones? Oh, that was a great one. That was a great one. Nice God, tandem. That's a, that's a fun video right there. we got to get that one going. Yeah. Gosh, this great. All crazy. right, let's uh, –
2: that Sully might be, gets fired that, up once that you start talking
0: SEC running backs. Yeah. I know that much. He's trying to s- jump out of his skin over there. That might be a middle of June podcast right there, fellas. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. All right, let's uh let's keep it rolling here. Number two on the list. Uh no sound here to play. Just this is just what stood out to me. The Ravens just continue to overcome injury issues. Jimmy Smith unfortunately tears his Achilles in this game and uh, just having a great year for them. So that's a big loss, but I've been reluctant to hop on the Ravens bandwagon. I don't think Joe Flacco's had a great year. They went ugly. They've run into all these backup quarterbacks. I thought they've been, uh, you know, as, as unlucky as they've been with injury, I thought they've been a little bit fortunate in terms of what quarterbacks they've seen. But they didn't see a slouch this week. Matthew Stafford came in there with the Detroit Lions team over 500, one of the top, one of the most talented quarterbacks in the league with a bunch of weapons. And they got after the Lions, ended up knocking Stafford out of the game later. And then Flacco, I thought, played the best game of the year. He was he was outstanding. Mike Wallace and company hitting some big plays down the field. Um, he he was he was more efficient. Kind of all of these his pieces they've lost around him and the offensive line everywhere else. Uh, I thought today was the day where you said, okay, this is if Flacco plays like this at this level, this is a team that not only could get into the postseason, uh, I think they could win a game once they got there. So I, I don't think they're a Super Bowl team. I don't think it's any anything like the Super Bowl teams they've had in the past. But I do feel like at this point in time, I think they're 7-5 and five right now. It's time to give the Ravens a little bit of credit. Oh, it's absolutely
2: time to give them credit. And what they were able to do today, uh, offensively, they were able to make plays. They jumped out on the Detroit Lions, jumped out to a 20-0 to zero lead. And the thing that I liked about what I saw from the Ravens, it wasn't just Joe Flacco just kind of flailing the ball all over the yard uh, without necessarily a plan. It was their ability to create big plays in the passing game while also getting contributions from Alex Collins. I think Alex Collins has made a huge impact and difference for the Baltimore Ravens. And when you think about the Ravens, when Joe Flacco has been at his best, it has been when they've had a, a dominant or a dynamic running back that can really offset some of the burden that he has had to shoulder. Back in the day, it was Ray Rice. Ray Rice did a lot of the heavy lifting. Joe Flacco was able to come in and make big plays and spurts. Alex Collins has kind of given them that, and because of that, I'm I've be beginning to See a more confident and comfortable Joe Flacco and his Marty Morinwig led offense.
0: Last thing on the Ravens, I think Terrell Suggs is is kind of this is the last year he really needed to to make his case as a Hall of Famer. I Means he's going to be double digits in sacks. He's in his fifteenth season, Bucky. He's been a consistent player. He's been huge in the postseason. I know he he's not up to Willie's number in sacks, but I think he's pretty close uh, with what he's done in the postseason. He's got a Super Bowl and and the year he's having right now. I think the consistency throughout his career. I think he's going to have a heck of a case for the Hall of Fame when his career is over.
2: Oh, absolutely. I think he certainly has done it. The fact that he's a 15-year veteran, he's able to continue to make plays off the edge, kind of spearhead that pass rush. They do a lot of great things. I mean, they have a veteran core in the back end. Eric Weddle did what he always does. He finds the young quarterback, comes in, bases him into throwing a bad pass. He picks it off, takes it in, then does a little spin around. Fadeaway jump shot to cap it off. The Baltimore yeah, nice Ravens. Too. Yeah, the Baltimore Ravens are really, really impressive on defense. We'll see because the next few games we'll get an opportunity to see how good they can be. They play Pittsburgh coming up. We'll get a chance to see if that defense is really a
0: premier quarterback. No question. All right, get us to number three. What's number three on the list, Buck? Derrick Henry is ready to be a number one running back.
1: Flip play left side.
2: Hey, the Tennessee Titans don't necessarily always win pretty, but what we've seen is the evolution of this offense with Derrick Henry now focused in as the lead running back. Um, Didn't necessarily have DeMarco Murray. Derrick Henry gets a chance to go in, goes over 100 yards. We saw the angry run to finish it off. This is a team that when they're at their best, they're really utilizing an exotic smash-mouth attack. They're able to run the ball. They're physical, and they set the tone. I believe it's now time to make the young guy the tempo setter. Derrick Henry should be the starting running back for the Tennessee Titans, and he needs to be the bell cow that gets it 20 to 25 times so they can play the style of game that they need to play.
0: No question. And, look, the passing game, I think, still is a, is a work in progress there, even with the weapons that they've added. I don't know that the Marcus is really taking that next step this year, but they're finding a way to win games. It's grimy, it's ugly, but uh, they're getting it done 8-4 and four right now, 5-1 and one at home They're they're positioned pretty well there with Jacksonville to compete for this division as they come down the stretch. Man, Houston. uh, The Browns enjoyed watching that one. Chalk another loss up to the Houston Texans, and the Browns pick continues to climb there, owning that first-round pick for Houston. All right, let's keep it rolling here. Number four, Jimmy Garoppolo. Man, I thought he was rock solid in his starting debut. Garoppolo
2: takes us
0: to the two-minute warning. Yeah, that was Trent Taylor uh, over the middle, a nice job. He really was kind of a go-to target there. Six catches for 92 yards. He caught a zillion balls at Louisiana Tech when you watch them on tape last year, and did a nice job at the Senior Bowl. But look, Jimmy Garoppolo, 26-37, 293, no touches but a pick. The pick really wasn't his fault. He put it right on the money. The ball got rustled away. From the wide receiver. I mean, when you're playing with Marquise Goodwin and Trent Taylor and and, and Garrett Selleck, this is not a an all-star cast around Garoppolo. And I know, look, they weren't playing the 85 Bears, but they were playing the Bears. It's not a bad defense, and I thought he acquitted himself very, very well, especially look what some of the things he did on third down. I thought he was tremendously poised. He's going to be a good player, and I think he is a just a perfect fit for what Kyle Shanahan wants. And and what he looks for in a quarterback, I, I wrote about it this week, Bucky, and I got some ridicule from folks saying I was crazy. But I said, look, this this team right now, I know they're look. This is when I wrote it when they had one win. Now they've got two wins. But when you look at kind of the pieces that they have in place, with a good offseason next year, I would not be shocked if this team was challenging nine and seven and trying to sneak away into the playoffs slate next year. I don't think that's that far fetched when you have a quarterback that you believe in, you get a full offseason with him all the young defensive pieces that they have, especially in that front seven. In the offseason, if they can go out and do what the Rams did, do what the Eagles did, go and invest around a young quarterback, I think this would be a really quick turnaround in San Fran.
2: Oh, I believe they're well on their way. And I actually think they stumble into having a nice piece of the puzzle. Um, they land Jimmy Garoppolo. and We didn't know necessarily what the plan was because for so long we were so – used to thinking about the San Francisco 49ers being tied to Kirk Cousins. Now you get Jimmy Garoppolo. They get him for a high second-round pick. You put him in this offense, and the guy that us all the day, man, I don't know. I whew, I don't know if they needed Kirk Cousins. I think they may yeah. have their franchise quarterback there. You talk about getting a guy that maybe is $10 million cheaper than what Cousins would command on the open market. You look at the way Kyle Shanahan was able to craft an offense around Jimmy Garoppolo's talents. The one thing that we can talk about, Jimmy G, he gets the ball out of his hands quickly. He's accurate and he's athletic. And those things will always give you an opportunity to be successful in that West Coast style of offense. I am encouraged by what I saw from the San Francisco 49ers. Jimmy Garoppolo, to me, appears to be a godsend for them in terms of what he can do at that position.
0: No question. Uh, I'm with you on that. What's next on the list? What's number five? Ty Bowles deserves to be the coach of the year.
1: Set to take the snap. Jets rush four. Alex Smith looks over the middle. Fires
2: one incomplete, and, and the Jets are going to hold on. Man, if, if we could go back at the beginning of the year and hear how badly we talked about the Jets <laughs> and how it was going to be tough for them to win one, two, maybe three games. The fact that every time you turn on the TV and you look at the New York Jets, you see a team that is very competitive. You see a defense that is young. It's hungry. It is playing better. They give people problems. And then on offense, this is a more dynamic and explosive offense than we ever could envision with Josh McCown. Man, hats off, standing ovation to Ty Bowles because I didn't think he could get it done. I actually thought he was kind of walking the plank. He and Mike McCackenhan didn't have any idea what they were embarking on. But, look, I was wrong. I didn't think that they could win games. The fact that they won five and they've been very, very competitive in the ones that they've lost – that's a great coaching job. He has really done a tremendous job of getting these guys on board and buying into the culture that he's trying to establish in New
1: York.
0: Yeah, I'm with you. I'm, I said the same thing on the air today. I said this. he deserves – he's not going to win the award, but he deserves to be in the discussion. He deserves some votes. Those five wins that he's been able to come up with, uh, to me, if you looked at where this team was in the offseason, I thought of that that's a miracle. Um, and like you said, they've been competitive in the, in the seven losses for the most part. i, I tell you what, they they – had a good plan at the receiver position. They let some age walk out the door. Brandon Marshall who obviously uh, didn't do anything, and he's had the injuries. And you look at Eric Decker, who's just been so-so uh, there with the Titans. But you look at giving an opportunity with Jermaine Curse and what Robbie Anderson both going over 100 yards in this game today. Both have been consistent, especially over the last month or so. Have been outstanding. They've got a nice young core they can build around there at the receiver position. Chad Hansen making a couple plays here and there. The rookie. Um, Austin Safarian Jenkins was a calculated risk, but that is, has turned out really good for him. And Josh McCown, I think just the steadying force of leadership, uh, he's been solid. He is, uh, I think he is an outstanding number two. I'd say he's a one and a half, you know, he, he can get you through a season like this one. He's an outstanding number two quarterback. Uh, but he has done a, He's done a really nice job with this group and Todd Bowles, uh, man, give the man an extension. He's, he's earned it. Uh, just so
2: unbelievable that the fact that we're talking about the New York Jets being a team that is really only a game out of playoff contention. They could kind of backdoor their way in if they win a couple games. Never would have thought they would have been a team that could have had any opportunity to make their way on a playoff run.
0: No, look, that's off to them. Both uh, McCagdon and Bowles, tremendous job there with the Jets organization and, and to me the big one of the biggest surprises of the entire season – All right, if you're an entrepreneur, a small business owner, even if you have a side gig, let me introduce you to Grasshopper, the entrepreneur's phone system. Grasshopper lets you run your business from your cell
2: phone while keeping your business and your personal life separate.
0: Choose from our huge inventory of local, toll-free, or vanity toll-free numbers. Simply forward your new number
2: to your mobile phone and start taking calls immediately.
0: Whether you're in your office, in your car, out shopping for the holidays, Grasshopper's iPhone and Android apps help you stay connected to your customers. Now to mention, you can call, send, receive text messages from your phone
2: or business number, set up multiple extensions for everyone on your team, get your voicemails transcribed and emailed to you, work from anywhere with call forwarding, make and receive calls from your computer via the desktop app, and even utilize Wi-Fi calling.
0: Better yet, Grasshopper offers an easy and instant setup and 24-7 customer support, all without any long-term contracts. Remember, grasshopper is the name sign up today go to grasshopper.com slash sticks that's grasshopper.com slash sticks to get 20 dollars off your first month once once more that's grasshopper.com slash sticks all right buck let's get back to the list here number six look Bortles is he's better let's just put it simple Blake Bortles he's better
1: shotgun for Bortles for the running back Blake drops the throw Look, now it looks like he may throw it into the back of the end zone. That
2: ball's caught for the touchdown. Marquise Lee. Bortles to Lee for the score, and Jacksonville strikes first.
0: Look, Blake Bortles is playing good football. I mean, you, we, we're hard on him. Everybody's really hard on this guy. He's had some ugly misses, he's had some ugly games. They've won uh, a lot in spite of him this season. But I think you got to give him credit. Uh, he's had some really, really good performances over the last couple of weeks. Uh, this one was was I think probably his his best performance of the year right there, 26 to 35, 309 yards, two touchdowns, no picks. I thought he did a nice job moving around in the pocket, buying a little extra time. Big win, 30 to 10 over the Colts. The Jags keep rolling. He's found something with Marquise Lee, getting him healthy. Maybe you say it's a contract year or whatever, but uh, he is playing really really well for them. Kind of see the player you envisioned. When he got drafted, D.D. Westbrook getting healthy, and getting out in the field. He knew he was going to be a dynamic player, one of your favorites in the draft Buck 6 for 78 for him. And uh, Mercedes Lewis keeps chugging along. I mean, they've, they've got some weapons in the passing game, and in this ball game. talk about their run game and its run game and defense. They put this game in the hands of their quarterback. They threw it 36 times, only ran it 27 times, and Blake Bortles, gave the guy credit, he delivered.
2: He absolutely delivered. Best game that I've seen him play, and – We've seen him run up some numbers. He's had some 300-yard games. We've seen him do things in garbage time. But this was the best game that I've seen him play from out in front, meaning they were able to really lean on the quarterback to make plays. They were able to put it in his hands. They were able to trust him. He made some plays in the passing game. He didn't take a backseat to the running game. We saw Blake Bortles play quarterback. And if they get this kind of effort, They can win a couple games in the playoffs because the defense is lights out. The running game is always a threat with Leonard Fournette and Chris Ivory and company. But if you get quarterback play where you can trust him to make some plays through the air, find a way to get the ball to his playmates, Marquise Lee in particular, the Jacksonville Jaguars have it going. They're heading on the collision course with the Tennessee Titans to see which team is able to win the AFC South.
0: No question. It's going to be fun to watch that as we come down the stretch. What's next on the list? The Broncos have fallen apart.
2: Third and ten, Simeon again out of the shotgun, stands right along the goal line. Whoa, ball snapped over his head. Dolphins going after it. Simeon throws it out the back of the end zone, Scoops it, so it'll be a safety. It's unbelievable to see the Broncos fall so far off the grid. This is a team that for the past couple years has had a defense that was Super Bowl caliber. Uh, we had some questions and concerns about the quarterback position, but we thought that they were good enough to get it fixed. This has been a major disappointment. I'm not going to lie. Vance Joseph is one of my buddies. I thought that they would be able to um, keep this thing going in Denver. And right now I see uh, a rudderless ship. I see a team that I don't know what they are. I don't know what their identity is. They used to be a defensive team, but now they can't stop anybody on defense. Offensively, the quarterback is struggling. They fired their offensive coordinator, Mike McCoy. They bring in Musgrave. They give him the duty. He's supposed to simplify the offense and make it better. And it's been an absolute failure. So this lies on the feet of a lot of people, not just Vance Joseph. John Elway miscalculated what he wanted to do with the roster. This team is probably the biggest disappointment of the year, maybe outside of the New York Giants. This is a team that we thought would vie for title contention, and they're nowhere close to being a team that's in the mix.
0: This is a 3-9 and nine ball club, have yet to win a game on the road. It doesn't matter who they play at quarterback. It's ugly each and every week. No touchdowns, three picks for Trevor Simeon in this one. Man, it's and then Buck, you touched on the defense. You thought, okay, at least you have the defense to fall back on. You can rely on them. I don't know if they're discouraged or just uh, have lost their intensity or whatever whatever the deal is, but they look like they don't want to be out there as well. Um, this is just a bad, bad, bad football team. And look, everybody's going to go through a stretch. We used to hear this analogy, Phil Savage used to actually use this. and I thought it's a great way to look at it. Just kind of you need those knots in the rope. You know, if you're, if I don't rock climb, but you've seen it. If you've seen anybody rock climb, you start to slide, your hand starts to slide down that rope. That's why they have knots in there. So those knots catch your hand and keep it from sliding too far. There are no knots in the rope with this Denver team. And to be honest with you, I'm, you know, it's not on our list, but I don't know if there's any knots in the rope with this Kansas City team in the same division either. Yeah. I mean,
2: it, it's just disappointing. You talk about them, even Kansas City struggling. Uh, just disappointment all around. And I mean, there are a bunch of different ways to build a team. But right now the way this team is constructed, the way this team is managed, the way this team is coached, is just not what we're used to seeing out of dinner. We always kinda hold the Broncos as one of those upper crust elite programs,
0: and right now we're certainly not seeing that from the squad. I'll be I wouldn't be surprised. You've seen some changes. They already fired the offensive coordinator. You think John Elway seeing Dan Marino before the game and talking to his old his old rival there and then just getting absolutely smoked by him that that didn't set him off a little bit. Oh, I would absolutely. not be shocked if there was any some kind of a minor tweak or change whether it be a player in the starting lineup or another coach to go I, I wouldn't be shocked cuz you got to believe that John Elway is not happy. Oh, he can't be happy.
2: I think everyone is under evaluation. Anytime you lose 9 games in a row, I think everyone is being evaluated and even though um Vance Joseph just comes in; it's his first year on the gig. I mean, I don't know. I worry. I worry about that crew. I think it could be a ugly Black Monday for a lot of coaches when the season ends, hearing as many as eight or nine vacancies may open up. That doesn't bowl well. So, if you're the Denver Broncos, your players, your coaches, you're trying to do everything on board to finish the season strong. They have to turn this
0: thing around, or everyone's job is in jeopardy. I'll tell you what, every now and then in life, Buck, you've got to find good. You've got to be positive. You've got to look at a what looks like a horrible situation and grab a little tiny kernel of hope. And I feel like I've done that this week with the Cleveland Browns, and it is something to do with a new wide receiver.
2: Heiser 14 of 30, Buck 76, and a touchdown. That pass is caught, beautifully thrown. This is Gordon taking on tacklers. Inside the 30, finally brought down by Hayward, a pickup of 39.
0: 39 yards there. Yeah. Look at four for 85 and Josh Gordon's return to national football league. He has been out for a long time. I think the amazing thing is he's only 26 years old. I mean, you think about the time he's lost in the league, he's still, he's still got a lot of years left to play at a high level. I hope he can stay out of trouble, Bucky. I really, really do that. He's, Got back on the right course here, and he can stay clean because if he can, he is going to be a big asset to the Cleveland Browns as they go forward. I saw a stat the other day, or I think it was today, it popped up. They haven't. I think they They've won four games since 2014. I mean, this is awful. I mean, this is is a bad state of any organization I can ever remember since I got involved with the NFL in 2003. I've never seen a team in this much disarray. But I do feel like they've got a couple good pieces, and man, this. Josh Gordon is a number one wide receiver when he's right, and I thought we saw glimpses of that. I didn't see a real rusty, uh, slowed-down dude out there today. I saw a pretty explosive athlete that's got a chance to to very quickly emerge as one of the best in the league again.
2: Uh, Unbelievable player, and I think we we kind of forget how good and how dominant he was. Um, Man, three years off, he jumps right back in. He has over... 80 receiving yards against a secondary that hadn't allowed 85 yards since the time they faced Odell Beckham Jr. This is a talented player, a big-time playmaker, and you're right. um, There's some guys that you're rooting for. I'm rooting for him to keep his his life in order because I just have such an appreciation for what he brings to the field. I would love to see him harness his talent and see what he can do because he is really one of the special ones, and I think we saw today – how special he could be, and I think also you saw when you begin to put pieces around a quarterback, you can see some signs of development. Deshaun Kaiser didn't play great today, but you can imagine how he could grow in this offense with Josh Gordon on one side, maybe Corey Coleman on the other side, David Njoku down the middle. They now look like an NFL offense, and that's something that we couldn't say about the Browns
0: early in the year. No question. David Njoku got in the end zone. I think he's got four touchdowns now this year, so uh, a real solid rookie campaign from him. Uh, we got number nine here. What do we got, Buck? If the Packers get into the playoffs, they can make a run with a healthy number 12.
2: At the 20 at first and 10, handoff bounces off the first, it swerves near left, 15, 10, 5, hops into the end zone, touchdown! And the Packers take it 26-20 to in overtime over Tampa Bay. The playoff hopes alive and a Lambo leap for Aaron Jones. Hey, don't look now, but the Green Bay Packers kind of putting themselves in a position to make a run when Aaron Rodgers returns. Um, I saw today, I think Ian Rappaport said that maybe December 17th could be the target date that weekend we could see Aaron Rodgers return to the lineup. If this team can just stay in the mix, no one, and I will say this, (laughs) No one in the NFC wants to see the Green Bay Packers because we have seen Aaron Rodgers do this act time and time again. He is a one-man show. And if he is healthy and right, he can lead them on a run. He did it last year. He did it previous years. Do not want to see
0: Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers get into the playoffs. No question. I think everybody in the NFC was watching that game today and pulling for Jameis Winston and Tampa Bay to get the win (laughs) <laughs> uh, they could not do it. So uh, I think everybody's a little bit nervous about Aaron Rodgers getting back out there and then being a low seed, having to play them early in the playoffs. I don't think he wants that. A, a team that uh, had a big win this week, though, that's right in the middle of the playoff push in a very good division battle with the Los Angeles Rams, the Seattle Seahawks, one of the best wins of the year. They get after the Philadelphia Eagles at home. And I got to tell you, my big takeaway from this one Russell Wilson. Yep, he does. He belongs in the MVP discussion.
1: McKissick wide to the far side. Jimmy Graham wide to the near side. Russell empty backfield. Eagles look like they want to rush four. They do. Russell takes the time. Look over the top. He's got him. McKissick. Touchdown Seahawks.
0: Hey, Russell Wilson was was just clean. I mean, he made some ridiculous plays where he extends. You like to use the... The phrase you got to plaster. Quarterback gets out of the pocket. Got to be able to stick and plaster. He—it's so long though, Buck. Where you've got to cover the way he scrambles around and makes things happen. Always eyes up, always looking to make something happen with his arm. And if the opportunity presents itself, he'll take off and run with his legs. Had a nice little pitch uh, down the field on one broken play. But man, he's—he was money. And uh, I don't know how much he has around him, especially up front. I like the receiving core. I think it's underrated. Jimmy Graham's nice. The running game is, is a little bit inconsistent, but, man, he's he makes the whole thing go. If you just want to focus on that V, the most valuable, the V, the valuable, I don't know if you can make a case anybody is more valuable to their team than Russell Wilson is to theirs.
2: Man, he has been outstanding. And today, what I got an opportunity to do, I think they're all in on making Russell Wilson the one-man band. And the reason I say that they're all in, when you notice know just their first 15, if you could count the amount of times they were in empty formation – Full spread formations, no back in the backfield. Russell Wilson with five eligible receivers out wide at his disposal. Motions and shifts to allow Russell Wilson to break down the defense, get the team in the right play. Basically, play basketball on grass. The Seattle Seahawks are fully committed to making this Russell Wilson show. In the past, they were trying to run it. They were more of a focal team. He was a complimentary player, but right now, this is all Russell Wilson. I'm seeing the the stats. Maybe he's accounting for maybe 83, 84% of their total yards, uh, the touchdowns that he's amassed. Everything right now suggests that he is one of the best players in the league. Maybe he's playing the best quarterback that we've seen him play throughout his career and deserves to be mentioned with those great guys that we always talk at the top of the board.
0: Yeah, no question. He's right there. I think you look at a three-man race right now with Carson Wentz, Russell Wilson, and the GOAT. Tom Brady. I think that's the MVP race. It's gonna be fun to watch how that comes down the series. Like, look, now that was I would say probably Carson Wentz's worst game of the year. It's gonna happen. You're not gonna you're not gonna roll through a schedule, especially in a tough environment like that. But uh, we'll see. I'm going to see how this Eagles team bounces back next week. They play the Rams, so uh, West Coast trip for them, playing two playoff teams. We'll see if they can bounce back and and uh, give us a little bit better effort as they go up against. Golf. That'll be the Wentz golf games. So that'll be fun. Oh, we'll man. be talking about that a bunch yeah. next week. I mean, real be- quick, Buck. Just as a primer, as we get out of here, can you give me uh, give me your favorite? bowl game that you're looking forward to you know who the playoffs are in, in this college football season but just a little, let's just give the folks a little tease of what we'll hit up on on uh, on tuesday what are you looking forward to you got georgia oklahoma, you know, and the you, Rose you know bowl. Like,
2: like obviously georgia oklahoma is really compelling because the momentum that baker mayfield has created as potentially a first round player you want to see how he fares against what i would say is a legitimate defense i question some of the defenses in the big 12 i want to see What he does against an SEC defense, I think it can go a long way for him to confirm his ability to be that top pick. The other game I want to see, I want to see Sam Darnold in USC versus Ohio State. I want to see how Sam Darnold plays against that pass rush and those talented athletes that they have on the edge. I believe SC has a star-studded cast on offense. Now that they're playing the young guys, Pittman and Vaughn's, you're seeing Sam Darnold make these
0: explosive plays. Let's see what he does against Ohio State. Those are the two most compelling games for me. What about you? Well, to me, you've got those two playoff games. They're going to be great. alabama Clemson is going to be a lot of fun as well. I love the Cotton Bowl matchup that you just mentioned. So you've got the playoff games. You've got the Cotton Bowl. But, I mean, I think to me, I think the country as a a whole is just looking forward to that Dollar General Bowl, uh, App uh, (laughs) (laughs) State-Toledo, that's coming up. I think the game starts in about 15 minutes, actually. What about the uh, uh, the (laughs) Bad Boy Mowers-Gasparilla Bowl? Oh, yeah, that's solid, but come yeah, on, man. FIU App State Temple. Toledo Part 2? Come on, who doesn't want to see that on uh, two days before Christmas? I'm actually stoked about the Las Vegas Bowl. We got the uh, LeGarrette-Bunt rematch with the Oregon-Boise oh, oh, yeah. State. There's a co- I, mean, look, there's, that punch. I just said a taste, Silly. We just got to give them a little taste. We got to okay, save okay. the goodies yeah, yeah. sir. I'm just excited. A, a lot of goodies. This was a fun Sunday. Oh, yeah, we had a, we had a good uh, a good day here. Enjoyed the, rolling through these takeaways. But, man, I am fired up to to talk about some of these NFL prospects we're going to see in these bowl games, and we will get you all that information as well as any other late-breaking news that takes place on the NFL side. We'll get that to you on Tuesday. Boys, I have, uh, I have two days left. I have 48 hours left in my 30s. I'm going to go enjoy it. <laughs> Do it. <laughs> nice. Getting old. Getting old, fellas. Hey, thank you guys so much for listening. Thanks for downloading. Thanks for telling a friend. Thanks for leaving us those reviews on iTunes. We appreciate it. Uh, let's get out of here, and we'll catch you on Tuesday. See you later.
1: Thanks for downloading Move the Sticks with Daniel Jeremiah and Bucky Brooks. For more, go to NFL.com slash podcasts.